This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. We focus in on Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run, literally seek after, the pagans seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you would open up our hearts to receive whatever you want us to know and believe, and don't let me get in the way of what your spirit is doing. Amen. Are you getting goal shy? Usually this time of the year, I'm setting up my goals for the next year. Financial goals or physical goals or spiritual goals. I'm setting up dreams and goals for our family or for the ministry. But this year, I feel a little goal shy. Have you ever seen those experiments that psychologists will do with with mice to try to uh, understand behavior patterns where they'll they'll put some mice in a a cage and and put some cheese in the cage and every time the mouse reaches out for the cheese, it gets zapped and then it learns from its past so it no longer reaches out for that cheese. That's kind of how I feel. Like every time I reached out for a goal this last year, reached out for a financial goal or a spiritual goal or emotional goal, anytime we had plans to travel or or do anything, every time we reached out for a goal, you get zapped. And after a while, you start getting conditioned to not try anymore. Is that how you feel? Maybe, Maybe you just got zapped so many times this last year that maybe you're getting goal shy. And let me tell you, that's a dangerous place to be. Because the way that God wired us, he wired us different than animals. Animals just live by instinct and passion. Human beings are wired for purpose. We are purpose-driven people. And so we need something to strive for. We need a goal. We need something to look forward to. If we don't have something to look forward to, if we're not striving for something, we'll feel hopeless and helpless and we won't even want to get out of bed in the morning. 
So that's why we're starting this brand new sermon series called Renewed. This sermon series, Renewed, is all about um, how we are renewed in our faith, renewed in our hope, how we can be renewed in, our, in following our Savior. And the question that I want to answer today is, what can we strive after this year no matter the circumstances? What can we strive after this year, no matter the circumstances, no matter what happens, no matter what happens politically, no matter what happens with the pandemic, is there anything that we can get up every day and strive after, no matter what? And to answer that question, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 is a, is a section of scripture in a much larger section, uh, a sermon by Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount. It's a famous sermon by Jesus. And Jesus begins the sermon in, in Matthew chapter 5, and he begins with this theme. He says, you are the salt of the earth. He's looking at his followers. He says, you are the salt of the earth. What that means is salt is what keeps things from spoiling. It keeps things from going bad. It keeps things from, from, from going bad. And he says, you keep this earth from going bad. When you follow me, you are the salt of the earth. You keep this world from going bad. And he says, you are the light of the world. Light shines in the darkness and shows what's real and true. He says, when you follow me, you are the light of the world. And so now throughout this sermon, he is showing how we as followers of Jesus, we can be salt and light in the world. And so in this section that we're going to look at from Matthew 6, he is teaching us, how we can be salt and light based on what we strive after, based on our goals. How do our goals allow us to be salt and light in this world? But before he's going to show us what we should strive after, what our goals should be, he's going to tell us what we need to stop doing. What do we need to stop doing? Jesus says, I tell you, do not worry about your life. You got to stop worrying. And I have to tell you a little story about what happened to me last week. I think it was Wednesday. We were driving to see my parents who live in Reedsburg, Wisconsin. And so we're driving up there and, and Emily's driving so I can write this sermon. And so I'm, 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 I'm in the passenger seat. I got my Bible in front of me, a yellow pad on my lap, and I'm starting to write down, right, do not worry. What does this mean? I'm talking to Emily about it. And we're discussing what this could possibly mean. And as I'm, I'm talking to her, all of a sudden, the van starts to sputter. And we pull off to the side of the road and the engine starts smoking and we have to call a tow, tow truck for, I think, the second time we just bought this van. And I realized in that moment, I'm not going to be able to just preach this sermon. I'm going to have to figure out how to live this sermon about not worrying. And so Jesus says, do not worry. Do not worry about what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. That's verse 25. Therefore, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Jesus is saying, don't even worry about the things you need to survive. Now, if you're living in Israel, in the Middle East, all you need to survive is food and clothing. But if Jesus was preaching this sermon here in Wisconsin in January, I think he would say, do not worry about what you eat or drink, about what you'll wear, and about where you'll live. You'll need not just food and clothing, but you need shelter here, and probably maybe we could add transportation, Right? 
But Jesus, don't even worry about those basics. Don't even worry about what you need for survival. And you think, well, Jesus, there's so much things to worry about. What do you mean don't worry? Why, why, don't, why shouldn't we worry? And he goes down and explains it in verse 27. He says, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Answer that question. Jesus asking you a question. Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? No, you can't. So Jesus is being very practical here. He's saying, worry is unproductive. I could worry all I want. That's not going to start my car back up. You could worry all you want. It's not going to put clothes on your back. You could worry all you want. It's not going to put food in your belly. You can worry all you want. It's not going to fix your house. It's not going to fix your job. Worrying is totally unproductive. Who by worrying can add a single hour to their life? Worry is completely unproductive. Last week, I was listening to a, a podcast, and there was a, a Christian illusionist, and his name is Harris III, and he had this great quote, and I thought it was really connected with this. He says, worry is a misuse of your imagination. These incredible brains where we can dream and think and solve problems. We can look at the problems that are facing us, and, and with God's help, we can solve them. But when we're worried, everything shuts down. And he says, worry is a misuse of our imagination. It shuts everything down. We can't do the things that we need to do. We can't help the people we need to help. We can't solve the problems we need to solve. Worry is a misuse of our imagination. When we worry, we shut everything down. Can add another hour to your life by worrying? No. It's a misuse of your imagination. So Jesus says, don't worry. Why? Because worry doesn't work. Worry doesn't work. It doesn't help anything. Again, that seems a little bit insensitive for Jesus to say that because, man, there's so many things to worry about. We're on the side of the road, Jesus. Well, there's a lot of things to worry about right now. He says, worry doesn't work. So how do you get over worry? How do you, how do you move past it? Jesus, again, being very, very, very practical in this sermon, he says this. Verse 26, look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So Jesus says, when you're, you're worrying, go for a walk, go for a walk and go look at the birds. And when you look at the birds, he kind of paints this pretty humorous picture. He says, when you're out there, do you see the birds? Are they planting gardens? Are they, are they tilling up the soil and, and laying down seed? And then the birds waiting for the seed to come up and then they're harvesting the crop and putting it in barns. I mean, when you go to the grocery store and you're pushing your cart, the little birds come up next to you with their little bird carts and they're pushing their cart next to you and, and buying groceries and putting it in their cabinets? No, because their heavenly father is feeding them. And then Jesus asked the question, are you not much more valuable than they? Are you not much more valuable than the birds? Of course you are. The birds, if you look at the story of Genesis on the first page of the Bible, the birds were created on day five. God created the birds, the fish and the birds. And then on day six, he created land animals. And then later on in the day, he, he slows down and he says, let us make mankind in our image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them so that they would rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every living creature that moves along the ground. God made you in his image as his special creature to reflect the glory of God. You are the crown of his creation to take care of the birds because you're more valuable than they are. And God proved that you're more valuable than the birds because when you and I, when we all fell into sin, when humans fell into sin, God decided to become a human 
and then bought us back with his own blood, showing how valuable you are because he bought you with his blood. So don't worry because you're much more valuable than the birds. And you look, he's taking care of them right now without your help. But maybe you're thinking, but what about clothes? And, and so he goes on, he says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. So again, if you're worried about clothes and worrying about these basic necessities, he says, go for a walk. Take out the earbuds and, and just go for a walk. And when you're, you're walking, well, we can't really look at the flowers today, can we? But we can look at the pine trees, right? Look at the pine trees. And when, when you're walking by and you see the pine trees, are they out there busy um, sewing sweaters together? Is that what the pine trees are doing? When you're going to join fabrics, is there a, a pine tree that comes in the line and, and puts on a, and, and makes a sweater? Is that what's going on? But you go out there today and there is nothing that we could make, no clothing that we could make that is as beautiful as that pine tree covered in the wedding dress of snow. And he says, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field or the pine trees, which are here today and tomorrow are thrown in the fire, our Christmas trees already at the end of the road, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? If God takes care of the, the trees and the flowers, will he not also take care of you? And when he says, you of little faith, I don't think he's saying that as, as in, in, in a chastising tone. I think it's in a an empathetic tone. You don't need to have such little faith. You can really trust me. And so he, he says, therefore, he puts this all together. Verse 31. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Why don't we say that? Why don't we make that the purpose of our life? The goal of our day? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans, people who don't believe in the God of the Bible, seek. They run after all these things. And your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. You know, when somebody who, who doesn't know the God of the Bible walks out and they don't believe in God, they, they, they don't see the same world. They don't see God at work. They don't see that God's taking care of all these things. And so the only response is, I have to do it. It's all on me. I have to fix everything and I have to do everything and it's all about me and that creates tons of anxiety and tons of worry. He says, you don't have to be like that because when you walk out into the world and you go on that walk, you're supposed to see the world from a totally different worldview and just see God behind it all, taking care of it all and he's taking care of you. So now that worry is off the table, now that worry is off the table because when you take that walk, your worry will turn into worship. Now that worry is off the table, what are you going to do with your imagination? What problems are you going to solve? What is going to be your purpose now in your life? What are the things you're going to strive after? And that's our original question. We want to go back to that. What can we strive after this year no matter the circumstances? What can we strive after no matter the circumstances? We don't have to just be obsessed with, with, with even the basics about clothing and food and, and shelter. What can we strive after? What can we seek after? What's going to get us out of bed in the morning and, and, and give us something to do every day? He says this, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be given to you as well. 
That's what's going to get you out of bed in the morning. Every day, your goal is to seek God's kingdom. But what does that mean? How do you do that? How do you seek God's kingdom? How do you make that your your daily goal, your New Year's resolution, the thing that gets you going every day? What does that look like? Well, I think the best way, one of the best ways to seek God's kingdom is to seek God's kingdom through the kingdom prayer that Jesus taught us. If you had your Bible in front of you, and, and you were looking at the text we're looking at, all you would have to do is turn one page back because in the same chapter, in Matthew chapter six, in that same sermon, Jesus teaches the kingdom prayer. It's a prayer that we pray every week. We call it the Lord's prayer, but really it could be called the kingdom prayer. And, and this is, I think, when we pray through this all the time and we make this the, the soundtrack of our soul, this is how we can seek God in every moment of every day. So I want to walk through the kingdom prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, which is just the old English way of saying, holy is your name. God, you're in heaven. You're king over all. You're, you're ruling from your throne. You're in heaven and everything you do is right. Holy be your name. And because everything you do is right, your kingdom Come, You rule in heaven, now rule among us. Your kingdom come, rule in our lives, rule in our families, rule in our communities. Your kingdom come. And what does that mean, your kingdom come? Lord, your will be done on earth as it's always done in heaven. Let the way that you rule in heaven rule now right now on earth among us. Let your will be done. Whatever you want. Do you want me to repent? Then, then let me repent. You want me to change? Then let me change. You want me to receive your mercy? Then let me receive it. Whatever you want, Lord God, let your will be done on earth as it's always done in heaven. And what's part of his will? To take care of us. Part of his will is to take care of us. Like he takes care of the birds and takes care of the lilies. It's to take care of us. And so Jesus teaches us to pray, give us today, our daily bread. I love this line because listen to the repetition. Give us today our daily bread. He doesn't say give us today what we need for the year or give us today what we need for a month or give us today what we need for tomorrow. Give us today what we need for today. And he says bread. I think it's supposed to remind us of of how God fed the children of Israel daily manna, of how God gives us what we need to eat, what we need to drink, what we need to wear, where we live and what we drive. Give us today what we need to get through today. Give us today what we need to get through today. But we don't just need physical things to get us through today. We also need spiritual things, you know, if we're dealing with guilt and shame and fear, and if there's been strife, not just between us and God, but maybe strife in the family or strife at work or strife in a relationship. And so we pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. All the things that you did on the cross, let them be for me. Let, let there be peace again between me and you and let there be peace in our families and our friends and our businesses and our communities. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Let us let it go. Help us to let it go what, what's been done to us just as you've let it go 
what we've done against you. Let us be at peace with you and peace with one another. And the reason we need forgiveness is because we are inclined to sin. If, we're, if, if God removes his care, we will walk right into sin and we will mess up our lives. If God would let go of us, we would mess up our lives in every moment. And so we pray, Lord Jesus, lead us not into temptation. Rule in our lives to lead us away from temptation and deliver us from the evil one. Get on your white horse, King Jesus, and come rescue us from the evil one. And it's not part of the original text when Jesus preached the, the sermon in the Sermon on the Mount when he taught us this, this message. But the early Christian church, um, they, they added that kind of uh, word of praise called the doxology, that kind of word of praise at the end. For yours is the kingdom. They knew it was the kingdom prayer. Yours is the kingdom and the power and you get all the glory. Amen and amen. Can you see that if you would let that prayer be the soundtrack of your soul, that's how we could pursue God and seek his kingdom in every moment of every day. I can't think of a situation where that prayer does not apply. Let this be the, like a song that gets stuck in your head that you can't get out of your head. Let that be the Lord's prayer, this kingdom prayer. Let this be going on repeat over and over again in every situation, no matter what's going on. Um, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Give us what we need to get through today. Deliver us from evil. Forgive us our sins. Lead us to forgive others. Let that be the kingdom prayer that's going over and over again. And that will be what it means to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. And you can do that in a pandemic. You can do that in times of prosperity. You can do that in times of persecution. No matter what's going to happen this year, you can seek God's kingdom through God's kingdom prayer. I love how Jesus ends this section of his sermon. He says, therefore, based on everything we've talked about, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. He says, do not worry, not because there's nothing to worry about. There's stuff to worry about. Every day has got enough trouble. We live in the world that God created good, but we've brought sin into it. And so we should expect, we should have expectations that cars will break down and people will get sick and things won't always work out. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So let's not be surprised by trouble but we don't need to let it cripple us because you have a heavenly father who takes care of the birds and the trees and the lilies and he's going to take care of you. And so you don't need to use this wonderful gift of an imagination, this wonderful gift of setting goals. You don't have to waste that on worry. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness through God's great kingdom prayer and he will turn your worry into worship. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we ask that you would come down and rule among us, that whatever you want, you do. Give us what we need to get through today, and we'll say the same prayer tomorrow. Forgive our sins so that we can be at peace with you, and then lead us to forgive others so that we can be at peace with others. Lord God, every moment... If it's all up to us, we're going to walk into trouble and temptation. So lead us away from temptation and deliver us from the evil one who wants to snatch us from your hand. And when you do, you get all the glory because it's all based on your power because of your kingdom. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.